Blog Talk Radio. I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I hear people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, it may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be choking. I'll be pecking and a-poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. Cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. He said he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he wanna go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I don't want decision coming to you live from the great state of Texas right here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg the Truth. Ghost of the show is the Black Belt, Mr. Fayaz. I want to thank everybody for tuning in live. I want to invite you to check us out on Twitter at Majority MMA. Like us on Facebook, the Majority Decision. And please show us some love on Twitter if you like the show. Tweet it out, let somebody know about it, and always do subscribe to the show so you get a new episode each and every time we put one together for you. Beat, you are back from vacation. Yes, I am. You need a vacation from your vacation. That's always the question. (laughs) You know what? I would like... You know, you know, my overall goal is to make my life more like of the vacations I go on. So then I just never really have to go on vacations. It's kind of just like I'm always on vacation and I just go to different places. I, I have a friend who um, was uh, doing pretty well for himself financially with his job. And uh, we were talking, you know, and I was like, you know, I was like, uh, Oh, somehow we got it on the subject of savings, and he was like, well, yeah. I don't really have any savings. And I was like, how can that be possible that you don't have any savings, you know, based on how much he was making, which was six figures? And uh, right. he was like, well, we used to live our life like we're on vacation all the time. So uh, I was like, yikes. Um, but no, vacation, man, uh, <laughs> I don't think I get enough of them. I don't think I get enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the first one I had taken in a long time. And, uh, it's, you know, it's nice, man. It's nice to get away and, you know, go do something you're not regularly going to, you know, you don't regularly do. 
So it's uh, it was a blessing. I got back in time to uh, be able to, uh, you know, train, work out, do some jujitsu this morning. So I was good to go, and you know, it turned out to be it turned out to be a nice relaxing week for me. I put it to you that way. Very very good. Let's jump into some mixed martial arts talk. Um, one big thing that I noticed Dana White came out and said earlier in the week, for those that didn't uh, catch the blurb, he kind of confirmed, I think, what most of us already suspected. Two things. One, that was that regardless of the outcome of the Conor McGregor-Nate Diaz fight, Conor McGregor will be fighting Jose Aldo next for the uh, featherweight unification of the featherweight titles. And also... Good. In spite of Tyron Woodley's angling for Nick Diaz and GSP, uh, Stephen Thompson will not be overlooked. He will get his title shot. Well, good, man. I, uh, I'm happy to hear that. I didn't realize that. I'm happy to hear that. I thought they were going to try to, uh, you know, I thought Stephen Thompson was going to get rooked and, you know, they were going to try to make a big money fight and that he wasn't going to get the shot. So he needs to get that shot. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him win either, man. Stephen Thompson and his, uh, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. I think that's an interesting matchup. I think, uh, stylistically, you know, can Tyron Woodley utilize his wrestling to stifle the unorthodox, not necessarily unorthodox, but certainly diverse striking ability of uh, of Stephen Thompson. He, he he brings a lot of different angles, a lot of different looks, and uh, is deceptively fast. You know, does, yeah. does it seem like he's quick, but he is. Yeah, he, uh, Stephen Thompson, and he's long and he's rangy too, right? So, if you know, if uh, if that's the fight, you know, Tyron Woodley's got to get in there, and uh, you know, I say this a lot, he's got to make it dirty, but he's got he's gonna have to utilize his wrestling more. Um, you know, I believe Stephen Thompson is going to be taller than him. It's gonna be harder for him to land that solid right hand. Uh, on a guy that moves as much as Stephen Thompson does. Earlier in the week also, um, I, I get, you know, obviously Tyron Woodley was disappointed that he didn't get GSP or he didn't get Nick Diaz, which Nick Diaz, that, that's absolutely ridiculous to me that Nick Diaz would even be considered for a title right. fight. And, and, and I love Nick. I love Nick. I can't wait to see him get back in the cage. But he's not, he's, you know, bottom line, he's just not deserving. Uh, George St. Pierre, on the other hand, um, you know, I, while I don't like the idea of them leapfrogging Stephen Thompson, uh, you know, I do think that should George St. Pierre want a title fight at welterweight, his first fight back, that they should probably give it to him. But, but what was interesting was Tyron Woodley released a set of texts back and forth that he had with George St. Pierre, and uh, it really kind of alluded to me. It sounded like George St. Pierre was down to come back and fight for that belt. Um, I think uh, I think George St. Pierre might be fighting by the end of the year. 
Yeah, I think so, too. It looks like, uh, you know, he, he may have tried to come back also at 85. Um, I don't know. You know, George, George St. Bear coming back and fighting for the welterweight strap, you, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't get, you couldn't say he's not deserving. I mean, he's been out for a while. Do you want to throw? Do you want to throw that guy right into a title fight? Maybe he gets a tune-up fight because he's been out for so long. But you know, if you think about it, he got out. He retired undefeated. He vacated the belt. He never lost. You know, kind of like a Dominic Cruz situation. Uh, you know, a little bit different because Dominic was injured. But he has to. You know, you can also always make the case that you know. GSP, you know, he got out as a champ, and the new guy's got to really beat him. Yeah, see, I, I come out – I think I come out on I, – I, I see both sides, right? I mean, I, I think off the bat, I think George is coming back if he wants a title shot. I think I think you got to consider giving it to him. But I also right. see the other side of it that says it might be smart for him to fight a tune-up fight or a comeback yeah. fight against a, a, a top five, six opponent, and let's just see where you're at. You know, because if you come right. back and you get knocked out in the first round, um, you know, which uh, has only happened, you know, it has happened to GSP in the past, but, you know, up until beyond that, it's it's, it's not very likely, I guess, statistically, yeah. that that would happen, but it's possible. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been watching MMA for so long, and you know, if you notice, you look back on it, right during GSP's era, you know, his era and his weight division. So, a lot of grapplers, right? A lot of wrestlers, um, that sort of thing. When he left, I don't, you know, most. Most of what you saw was, uh, you know, stand-up wars. Robbie Lawler, man, just, you know, just beating people up and, you know, killing them. I mean, you you saw just wars, man, and wars on their feet more so than on the ground. Um, you know, is, is uh, George, is, is he ready for that, right? Because the game's kind of changed a little bit. I think... Uh, you know, like you, I can see both sides, but a tune-up fight to me is probably the best way to go because, you know, right now, right now everybody's standing up and everybody's fighting standing up. Yeah, people are still fighting on the ground. They're wrestling and stuff like that, but uh, they're they're really they're really trying to put on a show and they're really trying to bang it out. You know, that's actually a really good point. Uh, the landscape of what George St. Pierre faced uh, up until towards the end before he retired is completely different. You know, back then, yeah. you know, before he got in there with Condit, Diaz, and Lawler, or or uh, or, or Hendricks, excuse me, um, before that he was mainly fighting other wrestlers for the most part, guys that were yeah. more wrestling-based. Like you said, Except now, for, like, guys like Dan Hardy, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a few sprinkled in there, uh, Tiago Alvarez, but you know, either way, there that uh, he he rendered their stand up, you know, useless because of St. Pierre's wrestling anyway. 
But now right. I think we're seeing guys are guys that the, the stand-up guys now are a lot stronger, and they're a lot they're a lot better at their takedown defense. So yeah, I'm interested to see how St. Pierre adjusts, being a couple of years older, not having fought. You know, do, does he adjust his game? Do we see major improvements in his stand-up? And not that his stand-up was necessarily bad then, but I think definitely we would need to see some new tricks come out of St. Pierre's hat when he comes back. Definitely. I don't, you, you know, I look at that fight with Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald. I just, I don't see George being able to survive a fight like that. Right. He, not to say that that would happen, because obviously, you know, he'd go to his wrestling. But I just don't see him in a five-round just bloody mess war. I don't see him in those types of fights. Right. And you're right. You know, guys now, you know, they're they're fighting that takedown a little bit better because uh, they want to be in those types of fights. And he just he wasn't that type of fighter. You know, uh, a tune-up's probably his best-case scenario. Now that you paint the picture that way. And even if he were to jump up to eighty-five, uh, you know, I think I don't know, man. I, I I think it's an interesting matchup. If he moved up to eighty-five and, and he was going to fight Michael Bisping, uh, I think he I think he could beat Bisping. I think he could beat Bisping as is. But I think if you look at someone like a Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, those are big, big, strong guys. Yeah. And uh, those guys could fight man. at 205. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's that matchup, right? That everybody wanted to see but never got to see the GSP against Anderson Silva. And what did we always say? We thought that was a bad fight for George, right? Because. Yeah. Because would his wrestling work on a guy that big? On a guy that could fight at 205 pounds? I don't know. Interesting stuff. I hope George comes back. I hope he fights soon. Um, You know, even even if he just fights another small handful of fights, I think, uh, you know, I'd definitely be up to see that. Another little interesting tidbit of news, uh, Fabricio Werdum uh, is going to face Travis Brown now on short notice. Travis Brown is going to be filling in for the injured... uh, No, no, Ben Rockwell. (laughs) So it was Ben Ben Rockwell and Fabricio Werdum. Sorry, my, uh, my point left me there in the middle of my sentence. (laughs) It was going to be Fabricio Werdum and Ben Rockwell, but now uh, Ben Rockwell's injured, so Travis Brown's going to step up and uh, fight the former champ. Um, And uh, there's one more other interesting little news thing. Oh, yeah. Apparently, so now apparently there is a group of lawyers that has gotten together and decided that they are going to form a fighters' union, and they are going to be doing their best to recruit UFC fighters to that union. 
And I got to be honest with you. I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think a union is possible in MMA, just like it's not possible in professional wrestling. Yeah. There's so many guys out there that uh, are not going to sign up and sacrifice their opportunity on the biggest stage in the world. You know, if the UFC were to blackball any union guys, which could very well happen. Um, I think these lawyers are just out for money. I think they heard some of the comments that uh, Mark Hunt was making and some of the disgruntled uh, guys that are still complaining about the terrible Reebok deal. I think these guys are just out for blood money. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I had completely forgotten about the Reebok deal until you just now said something. I, I mean, I had just, I just, I mean, it, you know, you see, you see the guys walk out, right? With it. We know it's crappy, and it's like I moved on from it. I don't want to hear about it anymore, right? Or the lawsuit where all those guys are suing the UFC because they were horrible and they didn't make it, and, you know, they're mad because they weren't making any money. You know, those guys. It's a, you know, so I, I, I completely forgotten about all those things that you just brought up, Fighters Union and the Reebok deal. Man, I don't understand. It still doesn't make sense to me, right? It's in any sport, right? If you're, if you're just, if you're just that guy, the bottom tier guy, if you're not the guy in any sport, you're just, you're making you know, you're not you're not making what everybody else is making. That's just what it is, right? Am I wrong? No, no. You know, the, I guess the only the only I can't see the point here. Okay, so when you look at the NBA, uh, and I could be wrong on these numbers. I think you know total revenue is sixty forty. Owners get 60, players get 40. I think in baseball, I think it's 50-50, and I think NFL has the lowest ratio. So I think another thing that sparked all of this stuff is is the fact that the UFC just sold for, what was it, $4 billion? Yeah. And so everybody's eyes got real big and said, well, how much of that is actually going to the fighters? And are they actually making, you know, what, what kind of percentage is it? You know, are they getting 20% of the revenue? Are they getting... 40% 40% of the revenue. But why um, should think, they get I any of it? I think that's the question that they need to be that they need But why to should be, they get uh, any asking. of it? They're just independent contractors fighting for an organization. Why should they get any of it? Right? You're, you're basically, if I, sell, if I sell my company for $4 billion, I sold the company, right? It's mm-hmm. up to whoever's buying it to, you know, increase pay for the fighters or, you know, do what they're going to do as far as, you know, when they're putting shows on. I mean, you know, unless unless the unless the fighters got, you know, unless they're buying, you know, they bought stock in the company or something like that, but I mean otherwise you know, I don't I don't see I don't I don't see that argument, right? It's just it's just an enterprise it's just an enterprise just a business being sold. Right? business goes on as usual, mm-hmm. you know, if there's, if there's a bigger money maker, right. Back in the company now, then obviously you're going to probably, you're going to see more, more incentives and more, uh, more bigger paydays for fighters. Yeah. And I think another thing to take a look at too, you know, when you think about the, that, that, 
the point I just made about it being four billion, I think that just because it was sold for four billion doesn't mean that that's its annual revenue stream either. Right. Wherein, you know, wherein baseball or football or basketball, you know, they are a billion dollar a year industry. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be so sure that the UFC is a billion dollar a year industry. I don't think it is. I mean, yeah, they make some money. I don't think they're a billion dollars a year yet. Who knows? It could get there, right? I mean, uh, now you got other people involved, and you know, there's other things going on. So it it could it could possibly get to that point, right? As long as they keep it the way it is, and they don't turn it into what boxing is. You know, I mean, boxing's got boxing. It's so bad that you have to pay a fee just to wear the belt that you win. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's 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 just a weird deal, right? And you got one or two guys making really big money. And it's it's not that way in the UFC. Everybody goes, well, it kind of is because you got the big guys fighting. But, I mean, that's in any sport, man. That's You know, if you're the guys fighting for the belts or you're top five, you're going to make more money. Than all the other guys. That's just what that. That's just what that's about. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, a couple of months ago, I had a I had a conversation with a guy on Twitter who uh, does a podcast, and uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, the salary. You know, and he was saying that well, you know, they should have a they, the UFC should have a minimum salary. You know, a guy comes in, it should automatically be. You know, I don't, I don't remember what he said. You know, it's thirty for thirty, 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 something along those right. lines. Because at the time, that was when it came out that Sage Northcutt was making forty, forty, and uh, Paige Van Zandt was making forty, forty, or whatever it was that they're making. That everybody was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're making that much money because they're not that good." And, right. Uh, you know what I was trying to, or they're not proven, or whatever. What I was trying to say was, you know, you. you in, in a case like that, or in, in a case of anybody else, you know, in, in any other sport, new new guys, rookies, get paid on potential. They don't necessarily get paid on production. So right. if the UFC looks at a Sage Northcutt and looks at a Paige Van Zandt and says, I, you know, I see money down the road in this person, then there's nothing wrong with them overpaying them if that's what they feel like they're worth. Yeah, you know, you can't just you can't just make it an even line because right. Some guys are worth more. CM Punk is a good example there. Do I think that right. he deserves to find the UFC? No, no, I don't think so. I, not necessarily. No. But whatever he's getting paid, it's because there's potential there for money. Oh yeah. In the UFC to make money off of it, and uh. I don't know. Fighter pay is always a touchy no. subject with some people. No, nah, I mean you're you, you're right. I mean you're right, but I mean it's yeah that that's what it means to pay for performance business, right? It's a pay for performance. If if you're just you know if you're just some you know Joe Schmo off the street and you're not you you know you you're not gonna get as much money as the guy who's you know running around and he's got you know. And he's and he's crushing people in every other organization he's fighting in, or you know something like that. So it's uh, but again, that translates to any sport, man. That translates yeah, to any sport. 
that that really does translate to any sport. It's not just fighting. It's not just mixed martial arts. Okay, all you people listening out there, I know you hate me for saying that, but it's not that you know that money situation translates. So, uh, you know, good luck with the union. I don't see it happening, but good luck with it. <laughs> so. In the girl talk section of the majority decision episode, this week's majority decision episode, should Juliana Pena have to apologize for making fun of Ronda Rousey and her quote unquote fat arms? Wow. No. <laughs> I, I mean. But- so what I don't kind of know. a world are where are we at right now? What, what kind of world are we in right now, where someone makes an offhand comment, you know, probably tongue in cheek, or whatever, and uh, now everybody's jumping down her down her throat, and uh, she actually had to come out and apologize for her poor choice of why? words. Why? I, I don't understand why because she had to apologize. It, Somebody thought it's not, it was it's, a woman, I guess. Yeah, but she's a woman. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. That's what you know. That's where ridiculous. I was going next with that, right? I was going to say, listen, if it's a if it's a man, and he's saying something like that, okay, that's kind of rude, right? That's offensive. That's you know, you know, you know. But if it's if it's another, if it's just a woman making fun of another woman, then it is what it is, man. They're adults. That's you know, that's what they're gonna do. Obviously, uh, Juliana Pena sounds like she's trying to lobby for a fight with Ronda Rousey, so she told her she had fat arms. I mean, it just, it's just what it is, right? <laughs> it's a, I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also kind of the whole thing itself. You know, she's probably joking around, but the whole, but the fact that she had to come out and apologize about that—I mean, that's come on, man. Who made her do that? Just the media, the press, you know, because she's body shaming Rhonda, right? I guess so. Now, one of the big things is uh, body shaming, and I've been—don't get me wrong—I've seen instances where, you know, people are just ridiculously too far with it, um, but. uh you know, this is the this is the fight game. This is the entertainment business. What if Conor right. McGregor had to apologize for all the nonsense he said? He'd have to apologize for the next five years. Or Chael Sonnen. You no, know, it, it, or Chael Sonnen, exactly. Or Floyd Mayweather. Every everything I mean, Chael Sonnen ever said about a Brazilian person, <laughs> he has never ever come out and apologized for any of it. But nobody seemed to care about never. that. It, you know, the, the classic line was, he said, well, me and my friends were young. We were out playing with video games, and all of Anderson and his friends were playing in the mud. Right. It's terrible. Right, like, right. Nobody cared about that. I mean, some people did, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's craziness to me. It's like you, you can't say anything anymore. Can't you? You know, you, you just you can't say anything. I don't know. Yeah, 
It's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, if they're gonna, if they're, if they're gonna fight, you know, be women and be mean to each other as women, let them do it. <clears throat> just, just let them do it, right? What did Ronda Rousey have to come out and publicly apologize when she flipped off Misha Tate? Mm-hmm. Did she? No, she never <laughs> did, right? No, she didn't have to publicly apologize not. when she knocked out when she knocked what's her name out face first into the canvas and she told her not to cry. Right. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, right. You can say all those things, right. You, I mean, it, it can kind of go both ways, you know, what about just, what about just what? blatant disrespect? What about body shaming? What about just blatant disrespect? Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. against body shaming. I have daughters, but I mean, it's, you know, what about just blatant, just being a prick, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know. She said, Juliana said this, she said, I, I think a lot of people have forgotten how rude and how much of a of a beep she was to me on the show, referring to the ultimate fighter and the way she treated me personally. Those are the yeah. things I don't forget. She disrespected me and she disrespected my coach on the show. And they asked me all about, asked, you know, she basically just fed up about being asked about Ronda. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, is that's uh, hey, well does well deserved. She she stood up and she spoke her mind. It is what it is, man. That's and that's all you can ever ask. Well, all right, everyone. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Next week it's the big one, USC two hundred two. So you know we're going to be talking about that. Um, we'll be right back here next week. Have a good weekend.